Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we've got all the Disneyland reopening news for you, plus Leslie's experience with the new reservation system. Find all episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Shout out and thank you to Ryan for your recent review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered for live trip reports and other bonus content or you can let me be your travel agent at no cost to you which supports the podcast as well if you'd like me to help you plan your vacation email me josephchung at travelmation.net if you've got a question or topic for the podcast email us anytime disneydeciphered at gmail.com tweet at us at www.deciphered on twitter or find us on our facebook page disney deciphered thanks and enjoy the show hi i'm joe from as the joe flies and i'm leslie from trips with tykes and welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we have been holding off on this, but enough Disneyland news has built up that Leslie cannot contain herself anymore. So it's time to talk about Disneyland reopening. Leslie, are you ready? I live for these moments, Joe. I wait for all the big Disneyland news to drop so that I can take over an episode and be all West Coast all the time. Let's go. And of course, as always, we're going to try to tailor this to those of you who are planning vacations uh, as much as possible. Before we get started, quick shout out to a couple new patrons this month, Madison M and Jean S. Thank you so much for subscribing. We really appreciate it. If you want bonus content, we also did a Disney Deciphered Unfiltered on Disneyland stuff um, just because we were so excited about what's going on. You can check us out at patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. Everyone at the five dollar and up tier gets our unfiltered episodes and everyone who is a patron gets our uh, live trip reports which hopefully will be starting again soon sometime so thank you so much for your support and yeah let's get to disneyland so let's talk about what people need to know when is disneyland opening i know by the time you're listening to this episode you should be able to make park pass reservations but what's the kind of general timeline about what's happening with disneyland All right, so Disneyland is reopening on April the 30th, and the initial reopening is going to be for in-state residents only. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. And we did just hear all of the dates for making reservations and buying tickets and all of that. And yes, some of that will have passed by the time this airs. So let's just go over that really quickly. April the 12th is going to be the day that the reservation systems open at Disneyland, 8 a.m., to existing ticket holders. There are a lot of people out there, myself included, who had vacations booked, tickets in hand, and then the park shut down, the world shut down, and we're all just sitting on them. So if you have those, then that is your chance. And then of course, in the meantime, you know, all annual pass holders have been, annual passes have been refunded and canceled. So there are a lot of locals who I guess would have been ticket holders in, in a way that don't ex- that don't exist anymore. So that's sort of the date on the calendar for a lot of people in kind of a weird bucket. You know, <laughs> that would be a lot of out-of-staters who can't come. And then it's people like me, like in Northern California, who, you know, had a longer vacation planned with, you know, regular park tickets. So kind of strange. We'll see how that goes. And then on April the 15th, three days later, the regular tickets go on sale for anybody. So annual annual pass holders can buy one-day tickets, two-day tickets, no APs on sale. And, you know, anybody else who wants to come within the in-state restrictions can buy tickets. And then they can immediately go to the reservation system and make reservations. And as we understand it, the reservation system is going to be only 60 days out. So come April 15th, we're looking at making reservations through mid-June 
And we don't know, you know, what the situation is fully with on-property hotel guests. We don't know all the details about, you know, in-state, out-of-state, when that's going to change. So lots of question marks still, but at least we have some dates to go with it all. Yeah, and full disclosure, we are recording half of this episode before the reservation system opens, but then we're going to record the second half of the episode about the reservation system on Monday, April 12th, after Leslie has tried to get reservations. We will not be able to record before April 15th because this episode will come out before then. However, we, you know, we'll get some more up-to-date information uh, towards the end of the episode. Now, one thing to note is, as Leslie has said a couple of times, right now, Disneyland will only be open to in-state residents. And what they're saying is you know you can only be traveling with three family groups maximum have they defined how many people can maximum be in a family group not that i remember uh i'm trying to think if there's something in the state regulations but i mean it's sort of (laughs) rule of reason i think you know i mean obviously families aren't going with like massive numbers of there aren't like convention groups headed to disneyland right now or anything like that so You know, I think the bigger concern, I guess, is the giant groups of friends. But, you know, each of those people will probably be buying their own ticket. It's not going to be like a mass booking. So kind of a rule without any teeth or necessarily like much point in my opinion, but editorializing. (laughs) <laughs> a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of the California in-state requirements do not have much teeth. Yeah. And I am definitely not doing this, but it does not seem very hard to skirt around the in-state rules. Yeah, I mean, and we don't know. So right now, like when you're supposed to be making your reservation, when that happens, there's going to be a checkbox where you, you know, sign an attestation that you're an in-stater. And I know that, you know, the third-party resellers are doing that as well. And then if the uh, billing addresses aren't matching up with uh, being in-state, they'll address. But it's entirely possible still, it's on the table still, that Disney could be checking IDs at the gate. And I think they're being purposefully vague about that right now to discourage people from trying it and then you know perhaps if they think that a lot of -of out-of-staters are coming then they can pull out that out of their back pocket but we'll see mom has been the word about exactly how the enforcement is going to happen yeah and so let's finish up with the last two important dates so june 4th avengers campus surprise is going to be open and so put a pin in that we'll come back to that in a second but then june 15th is the date where gavin newsom the governor of california has basically said it's going to be all systems go and california is open so although this is not known for sure a lot of speculation is that on june 15th they're kind of going to drop the tourist warnings or whatever and at that point that might be the time that california will be open fully to tourists again which also might mean that's when disneyland will be open to out-of-staters as well you know what are your thoughts on that yeah i think that's entirely possible that's what a lot of folks are thinking is he's sort of signaling to out-of-staters that most of the summer is going to be open to you to be a tourist in california to come spend your money and interestingly i think i went on record joe about mid-june didn't i We'll see if that's right. I think I did a few weeks ago. I know there's a tweet out there somewhere. (laughs) Excuse me. Do you mean in April 
2020, <laughs> you went on record that Disneyland would be open in mid-June Darn, of 2020. So that, bad. That definitely happened. I'm but, only uh, focusing on the predictions that I was right on, Joe. Let's just, come on. <laughs> look, uh, all your predictions wrong or your money back. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, June 15th is going to be what Newsom has announced is the green tier when a lot of the major capacity restrictions are dropped. I mean, he did not call out theme parks. Let's just make that clear. And it is possible in my mind that it could be that theme parks can reopen to out-of-state residents even earlier than June 15th. It may not be that we have to get to full capacity green tier for that to happen if the theme parks are following, you know, reduced capacity restrictions and other mitigation measures and things like that. So it's not entirely impossible that out-of-staters could find themselves, you know, maybe coming from Memorial Day weekend, but I wouldn't book any non-refundable plane tickets on that assumption. As we know with California, there are going to be a lot of twists and turns. And so this is all the information we have right now. But I do think mid-June, definitely July, might be a safe bet that you know Disneyland will be open to out-of-staters. But I agree, don't book your tickets yet. So Avengers Campus, let's talk about it really quickly. For those who don't know, Leslie... Avengers Campus is opening, which is super exciting. But if people are visiting Disneyland, you know, what can they expect at Avengers Campus? And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's actually a Disney California adventure, right? That's right. It is replacing the former A Bug's Land right in the middle of Disney California Adventure connecting to Cars Land. So yes, June 4th, this kind of surprised us. I think a lot of people were expecting Avengers Campus might be, you know, later in the summer or even into the fall. I mean, especially when we got that news about Remy's Ratatouille Adventure not being until October, right? That seemed to be coming certainly before Avengers Campus, but things get flipped at Disney and here we go. So (laughs) I forgot. I like, I mean, I didn't forget about it, but yeah, that's wild that Avengers Campus is opening before Remy's. But anyway, continue. What is going to be an Avengers Campus? What can we look forward to? So there's going to be a Spider-Man themed attraction, Web Slingers, and it has a really long name that none of us are going to remember because now Disney names, attraction names have like 10 words in them. But yes, Web Slingers, where you're going to be throwing little webs at spider bots and kind of an interactive but you're doing it with your hands, not with kind of what you'd think of like an Astro Blaster on Buzz Lightyear or the little Pong thingy that you use on Toy Story Mania. I don't even know what it's to call that. Slingshot. It's a slingshot. <laughs> slingshot. Come on. It's late. It's Pong. Late. Don't I don't know. You know, I'm reverting back to my childhood with Pong. <laughs> So it looks like it's going to be a fun attraction, one that doesn't have a height restriction. So, you know, the whole family can ride it. And then, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is going to be part of the land. There is a third attraction that was announced but was always coming later. We don't know if that's been tabled or, you know, or if that's coming much later now. So that's a question mark. Um, A lot of new food that looks really cool. The PIM test kitchen where the things are going to be enlarged and shrunk down looks kind of fun. That'll be a unique thing to do with kids. Lots of character interactions, and of course, they'll have to be social distanced right now, but it should be good. And a swinging Spider-Man over the land, which we both thought was really awesome. Cross your fingers that uh, that comes. Also, uh, bring back uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, you cowards. <laughs> you know, that came first, guys. Before Marvel. No, not before Marvel. There were comic books. <laughs> well, before the MCU, though, for sure. So Sure. So Avengers Campus is super exciting now. You know, there is a lot. I think people were a little bit surprised at how much is going to be closed when Disneyland is opening, you know, especially food-wise. Now that's been a couple of days for us to sit with it, it kind of makes sense to me. When Disney World opened, it wasn't like all systems go. And it's just that 
it's been a year, so our brains are like, oh, they should be ready to reopen everything. But they are still slowly ramping in things, uh, just like they did with Disney World, just like everywhere in the world is doing as they're reopening. So there's a lot of stuff closed right now. And of course, there's a lot open. So what are some highlights on the open and closed list that you saw, Leslie? So there are a couple things that are actually closed for renovation that should be noted, including Jungle Cruise and Matterhorn. So those are off the table, not because of, you know, touch points or capacity concerns, but because they're going undergoing a renovation. I mean, pretty much everything that, at least in Disneyland Park, that I'm look well, now that I'm looking at the list that is closed for pandemic reasons. I mean, it makes sense. So all the stuff in Mickey's Toontown, where like toddlers would be touching a lot of stuff, and some of the indoor longer live shows, the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough is a great example. It's really really tight space indoors, not a lot of ventilation, touching stuff. So things like that. But I mean, the iconic attractions for the most part are going to be running. I mean, you can get on the the teacups and you can ride Peter Pan and you can go on Small World and Pirates of the Caribbean is going to be open. I mean, there were some questions about that because some of those rides are long attractions that go indoors. And we were wondering, you know, is California going to have restrictions on that that prevent those attractions from running? There was like a 15 minute time limit and people were like, how long? You know, when does the 15 minutes start? Does it start when you get in the boat? (laughs) Does it start, (laughs) does it stop when you get out of the boat? I don't know, but those are good. Those are on the table. So I'm excited about that. And there's also a new attraction in Fantasyland that has really been overshadowed because, well, a new-ish retraction, Snow White's Enchanted Wish, the complete refurbishment of Snow White's Scary Adventures. So I'm excited about that one because my kids have never been on Snow White. Maybe my older one has because it was terrifying. I think there's going to be plenty to do. And hopefully... So they said they were going to open at 15%. They might open at 25% since that should technically be allowed. But I still think... I mean, or what do you think? At those numbers... It's not going to be that crowded, especially at the end of the day. I mean, there's only so much that people can do. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, some of these things that are closed are not people eaters. I mean, like Donald's boat in Toontown is not a people eater. So I'm not worried about like that, you know, the capacity being too far down in terms of the, what the rides can can swallow. But yeah, I do think Disneyland, I don't know if I've heard official news. I mean, Orange County is now firmly in the orange tier. It can open at 25%. It's possible that they hit yellow tier before April 30th, although I think that's a little bit of a stretch. My money's on 25%. And, you know, it can get a little tight because a lot of those walkways are super tight. I'm be interested to see how Disney moves things around. I mean, I'm sure they're so, so grateful for all of the things they did leading up to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to remove certain choke points. I mean, they smoothed down curbs and they changed planners and all these things to try Project Stardust to make crowd flow more doable at the Disneyland Park. And that's everything right now. All right. So let's end this portion. Like I said, we're going to do a portion on the reservation system after Leslie has had some experience with it. But uh, let's end tonight's recording with ticket prices. You know, what has Disneyland told us about the ticket prices? Right. They haven't announced exact prices, but they said no more than what the ticket prices were at the time of the closure. And there, of course, had been a, a price increase, the usual you know, January, February price increase right before the shutdown. So we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen with 
exactly <laughs> with MaxPass and Fast. I mean, we know MaxPass is not happening right now, but a lot of people have that on their on their existing tickets. So we'll see what happens for refunding that or repurposing that to some sort of a photo pass. But yeah, looking forward to seeing what the, the damage is going to be. It's going to be a lot for people used to buying a reasonably priced annual pass and who now need to <laughs> buy single day tickets or multi-day tickets. It's going to add up quickly. And we should note, you just reminded me, no Max Pass, no Fast Pass. None of that's going to be around. That's right. But we will have park hopping. That's important to note. So unlike at Disney World, when they reopened without park hopping and then added it on later, they are opening with park hopping starting at 1 p.m., so that's that's kind of nice. I mean, the parks being so close together, that's that's important for a lot of folks. I mean, I'm sure it will be subject to capacity restrictions, and we'll see how that plays out because it's entirely possible on weekends, especially, I think, that people aren't going to want to leave Disneyland Park to go over to California Adventure, at least until Avengers Campus opens. We'll see. We'll see. All right, so... Days are going to pass for Leslie and me, but it's only going to be two seconds for you because right after this, we're going to talk about the reservation system and what happened to Leslie on Monday, April 12th. All right, so we are in the future. It is now Monday, April 12th, 10 p.m. Eastern. And Leslie, it sounds like you had pretty good success with the reservation system today and Disney IT seems to have worked. What? Yes. Happy, happy news to report. All of the hours of lost sleep <laughs> were unnecessary. So I'm glad to report. I got reservations for Disneyland for opening day and Disney California Adventure for the day following. I've got a park, a park hopper ticket, so hopefully I'll be able to hop both days. Just generally pretty happy. And the IT system really did work. I mean, there was a bit of a long wait in the uh, you know waiting room that Disney often has. But other than that, there weren't too many technical errors. I mean, you know, here and there, but in the grand scheme of things, like it wasn't booting out numbers of people and it was, it was as good as it gets from, from Disney IT. I, I can't complain. Waiting rooms are fine as long as they work. You know, the problem right. is if you have to sit in a waiting room and then it doesn't work at the end of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The time estimate wasn't exactly accurate. I mean, everybody started with like more than an hour and, you know, then dropped to like 28 minutes, but you know, so, but then, it, then after, like, as it got closer to time, the wait times were fairly accurate. Like I was moving through minute by minute as they were telling me I was going to move through minute by minute. All in all, I was into the system probably after maybe about 30 or 40 minutes. I'll have to go back and check the timestamps. Pretty good. So you will be there uh, April 30th and May 1st. And you told me even though it's longer than 60 days, you were able to get some reservations for June as well? Yes. It turns out that Disneyland, I guess, released the calendar 60 days from the opening date not from today. So I think there were a lot of folks who weren't really planning to have to plan for mid to late June. And that's what my family's trip is. But I had my tickets at the ready. So just jumped on in, made those reservations as well. It was super easy. The big news is that not a single day or park sold out with these existing California ticket holders. So folks who are looking to do this on Thursday, I think that bodes I wouldn't say really well because there's going to be a lot of you, but it does bode somewhat well for you. There's still spots to be taken. And I think folks who have, you know, later vacations who aren't trying for, say, opening day on April 30th or June 4th for Avengers Campus, I think most other dates should be fine if people are ready to go. So what can people expect from the reservation system in general 
you know, how does it look? Does the interface seem similar to Disney World? I know the icons on the calendar at least look different, but how will that all go if people are trying to make reservations uh, when they're buying tickets on Thursday, which we will get to at the end? Yeah, it's pretty intuitive. I mean, it's fairly similar to the step-by-step process for the Disney World system. You know, you can check an availability calendar. You then link your theme park tickets. Uh, If they aren't already linked in your account, you sort of go through and create your party, and then you pick your date, pick your park, and confirm and and get your QR code that you're going to need to get into the park as well as the your theme park ticket. And so yeah, I mean it's a, it's maybe a few more steps or screens than Disney World, but but it I didn't find it confusing at all uh even with sort of working with, you know, I did my first reservation solo for my opening day reservation and then I did it with four people and it was not hard to sort of group together as a family. That's good to hear. So any Things that people should be on the lookout for, hangups, you know, potential places where you might get tripped up? So a couple of folks were having issues with ticket linking. I mean, that's something to watch. And this sort of all stemmed from people linking the tickets initially in the app. And then when they tried to go on the website, which is where you make a reservation, you don't technically make the reservation in the app. If you click click in the app, you are directed to a website. Then sometimes the, the tickets wouldn't show up on the website and I had gotten a tip to to link my tickets in the website first and not through the app feature. And I didn't have any problems that way. And it's not supposed to be, they're supposed to talk to each other. And I think they will eventually. But the safer thing to do, I think, right now is to link it on the website. If you have tickets that you bought from, say, Getaway Today or Undercover Tourist, I think that's just going to dodge some of the problems. And the biggest problem I think people had is people who are not used to Disney's ticket tiers, Disneyland's ticket tiers for one-day tickets. Now, if you're booking, if you have a multi-day ticket, all days are open to you. You know, you don't have to worry about date-based ticketing like Disney World has. It's great. I had a multi-day ticket. I didn't have to worry about it. But one-day tickets have five different pricing tiers and very complicated block-out calendars as to when some tiers of tickets are good and other ones aren't. And basically, if you want to go the first two weeks after Disneyland opens or any weekend this summer, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, you have to have the most expensive tier five ticket. So I did hear some instances of people trying to book with like a tier four ticket and they were confused as to why they couldn't get the days that they wanted. So that's something to watch out for, for one day ticket price and one day ticket purchasing down the road. I think it will trip up a lot of people, especially annual pass holders who are used to just having a pass and aren't used to having to buy actual tickets for their individual trips. And so I know there's a lot of information and a lot of it is visual. So, you know, let us, have you uh, updated your post, you know, is your post ready to go for people to see about what they need to know in terms of the park pass reservation system in Disneyland? Yeah, I have a brand new post. So you wrote the uh, Disney World Park Pass uh, post for me, Joe. Thank you. And I wrote a companion piece to that for Just Disneyland that just came out today. So lots of screenshots, lots of words, some early thinking about higher level strategy that we'll, of course, have to, you know, watch and see if it plays out, you know, some, some of it drawing on things we've learned from Disney World, but also just sort of my knowledge of Disneyland over the years. So I'm excited to get to game all this out and then test it out myself in in person in just a matter of a few weeks. And I'm sure your post will be updated once tickets go on sale on Thursday. Any predictions for what that might look like? Disney IT can't have two 
uh, base hits in a row, can they? <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, Joe. I think it will be smoother having had this dry run of this this very system. So I think that's good. But I do think the waits are going to be longer. They're going to be more people. And they're going to be people sort of confused about what ticket they're going to buy. And that's going to over, overload, you know, Disney cast members trying to answer questions and trade stuff out. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be messier. But I still am I'm hoping for the best. And I still have no idea as to when opening day is going to sell out. Like, is it going to be at 8.05? Or is it going to last well into the morning or into the afternoon? I don't think it'll last longer than Thursday. I think it will sell out at some point point on Thursday. But when is the big question mark to me? Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Well, that does it for our, I guess, two-part Disneyland episode. But Leslie, can you leave us with a Disneyland reopening do or don't before we leave? So I just say don't buy a one-day ticket unless you really have no other choice. It's going to create confusion. If you don't get a reservation on the, the day you're aiming for, then you might have the wrong tier of ticket. And it's not that much more expensive to just buy a two-day ticket. So I think this is really something that, that especially locals should consider. The ticket's valid for 14 days, 13 days after first use. So buy at least a two- or three-day ticket and kind of bunch up your visits if you're local to Disneyland. All right, great tip. Well, definitely check out tripswithtikes.com. Leslie will be on top of all the Disneyland reopening stuff and uh, keep it here as well. We'll talk about it when that finally comes. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, I will have been to Disney World so you can look forward to what that experience was like uh, in the upcoming weeks. And then Leslie will be at Disneyland. So, you know, lots of exciting stuff coming up here on Disney to Decipher as we continue to try to make things better for your trip planning in general. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. I know it was a lot of information and we don't normally do the news, but Disneyland reopening after 15 months, you know, we figured is big enough news to uh, cover. If you're planning a Disneyland trip, you know, you can let me know. I can help you out with that. Uh, Leslie can help you with that advice. I can help you to book it. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for dropping all the Disneyland knowledge on me and our listeners. And I will see you on April 30th at Disneyland opening day. How sweet is that to hear? Very sweet. Thanks, Jim.